0: Hello, hello, guys! Thank you for tuning back into the Anish Experience. Today is March Sunday, March seventeenth. Another edition of the weekly sports talk. Uh, it's been two weeks now. I didn't have one uh, last week, so there's quite a few things I wanted to touch on today. Um, most of it, it's probably going to be Champions League because Champions League draw this um, for the round of 16 was it was amazing matches. So we'll touch on a few of those uh, matchups as well as look ahead to to the draw and uh, what to expect from the. Um, The draw coming also going to be talking a little bit about uh, the NFL and the uh, player roster moves um, as well as free agency and some of the big trades that happened. Touch on as well um, a little bit of the uh, March Madness coming up, uh, some NBA news and notes for the last and then of course um, March Madness uh, coming up as well. Uh, So yeah, hope you enjoy. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And uh, let's get started. So I'll start off with, uh, yeah, Champions League. So we'll go back to the last week, uh, not this past week, but the previous week, and the uh, Ajax-Madrid game. And wow, what a match it was. That uh, second leg 4-1 Ajax winning on the road in Madrid was just a really impressive tie. Uh, I mean, I think all the credit... Uh, one goes to Ajax. I think their players were relentless in their pursuit. Uh, they never stopped running. They, uh, I think they just wanted it more than Madrid. Madrid seemed all over the place. They just weren't ready for that game. I think Tadic was instrumental in the performance. Uh, he was amazing on the ball. He set up one of the trances. And then their third goal as well, which uh, was, I, I mean, a great finish. Uh, I personally think it probably shouldn't have counted. Um, I mean, replay goes back and forth, and there are some camera angles that show the ball did go out of bounds and some that didn't. Um, and I mean, it doesn't take away from the finish because it, it really was impressive. Uh, and either way, I think IX would have won and it. it wouldn't have made a difference to the whole game. But again, uh, just something to be aware of. But yeah, he was unbelievably instrumental. And it was its kind of um, interesting because uh, he was at Southampton for a number of years and just sort of went along was there for, for I think four or five years at least uh, and was never I mean I think he was always sort of a good dribbler he was always good on the ball but he never really created anything and made a dent at Southampton and now it's crazy because he he goes to Ajax and I think he is the most instrumental player uh, for where they are today especially in the Champions League um, and yeah I mean he only got sold to Ajax for 10 million pounds as well and now I think if Ajax want to sell him this year or next year, he they're probably gonna I think 5x five t- five their investment, because he'll probably get to at least £50 million pounds in uh, today's market, if not more. Uh, and then turning over to the Madrid side, I mean, it, it was just a disaster. This season has been an absolute disaster for them. They're now out of every competition, uh, and pretty much a lost season. I mean, now that Zidane is back, I think basically... Um, the president uh, Perez went to Zidane after this disaster and said, "Look, we're we'll give you as much money as you want. We'll probably give you some sort of ownership stake because I think he saw the writing on the walls that you know this team they would got up for so long uh, and he knew Ronaldo was leaving and he thought you know what I don't I don't want to be a part of this and now I think coming back in I think." Basically, the, the owner was like, well, we'll give you free reign. We'll let you do what you want, buy who you want, give you as much money as possible. And I think he was just like, I mean, well, why not uh, Why not have another chapter? He also probably was bored uh, and maybe just decided, <laughs> why not get back in the game? So, yeah, I think it'll be, I mean, next year, I think it'll be interesting for them. I think they really need some big buys. The, the Courtois one was an absolute disaster this season. He's been pretty pretty bad I think they really need to get like a a Neymar or a Hazard or somebody somebody a big name to to really control and um, give Madrid back their um, back their pizzazz because they've uh, they've really lost it so yeah that was a that was a great cup and and full credit to Ajax for what they did so move on next to the uh, PSG United tie, um, which was, uh, of course, just as incredible. I mean, the the, f- the first leg was Di Maria sort of all over and, and you know, fans screaming at him. And then the second leg, I mean, uh, I I was of the expectation, I think, of most people that you know, two goals down, oh, two away goals down, uh, in Paris with eleven starters. Uh, who did not play in the tie because they were pretty much injured or suspended. And PSG pretty much had everybody except for Neymar. Uh, and Cavani was there as well and came on at the end as well. Now, I, I think there was definitely controversy uh, with that handball. So Kimpembe got called in the 91st minute for a handball. I think it was a... Personally, think it was a tough call. Um, I mean, yes, his hand was... If you if you go back, his hand was extended out from his body. And and in most cases, that, that means that it, the ref usually does give a handball. But also at the same time, like... He was twisting and turning his back towards the ball and it's hard for him to, to control his arm movement if he's just jumping. I mean he's not a figure skater it's not like he keeps his hand uh, his arm towards his body every time he turns around. Um, so I think it was I mean it was pretty harsh. Obviously they did review it VAR did and, and said that it was a handball. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, either way, it doesn't take away. I think from from how well United did. Um, to, to go into an environment like Paris and, and get that result, I think was extremely impressive. Now, from a PSG perspective, I mean, I don't I don't know what they do because their their entire build up, the new owners came in was basically like shelling money to to get them to Champions League uh, and to be successful in the Champions League. Um, and now they they've had a number of years with with early flameouts. Uh, I think also there's a chance that Neymar could leave, maybe he goes to Madrid, maybe he goes back to Barcelona, um, but I think they really have to do something, uh, and and it's tough because also, I mean, Buffon came back for another season, just to see if he could win the Champions League, because he lost in, I think, at least three finals, um, and yeah, it's, uh, one, on a side note, it's, it's, it's still amazing that he's obviously playing, uh, and still a top international goalie, but... I mean, it's a tough season. PSG's gone; they're done. Uh, their season. I mean, they're going to win their cup, their cup, uh, and their league, and yeah, it's fine. But uh, I mean, it, it. I think I don't think that matters to them as much as it does for this. So, I think United. Yeah, like I said, good result. But now, obviously, they they lost to Wolves yesterday as well. So they're they're out of the FA Cup. So it's really just uh, competing for the top four spot and uh, and the Champions League. And they're in tough, of course, as they have Barcelona coming up. Uh, but the the race for fourth, I think, is going to shape up to be uh, amazing. Um, I mean, so so Chelsea played today against Everton, actually happening right now. And if they win, uh, they go up to 60 points, which means that United, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Arsenal are within three points um, of each other with eight games left uh, and two Champions League spots on the line. So this last half of the season, uh, last quarter, basically – is going to be unbelievable. I think, uh, just as a side note, I think it is worth appreciating how incredible this season has been just from a Premier League perspective. I mean, you have six English teams now uh, have made it to the European quarterfinals um, with also half of them, half the remaining Champions League sides being British. Um, It's just, yeah, something to be celebrated. I mean, it hasn't happened this millennium uh, it's a guarantee that at least one of them is going through because Tottenham and, and City are playing each other. And I mean, I think there as well. There's a good chance Liverpool goes through as well. So I think for yeah for the Premier League, there really hasn't been a better time uh, to to watch the Premier League. I think, and also to be a part of it. I mean, this season is going to be yeah uh, absolutely incredible. So yeah, sticking sticking towards the Champions League, I'll talk about some of the matchups this week. So uh, one of them was uh, I mean first was the Ronaldo Juventus game. Um, and, wow, what, what an absolute performance that, again, cements him as an all-time great. I mean, a lot of, there's been a lot of articles being written this year. You know, Ronaldo, he's 34, 35. He's kind of in decline. He's not what he was. And, I mean, of course he's not because he was at the top and the peak for 12 years in, in world football. And he has been an, a sensation and has always scored and has always produced. Uh, and, I mean, it's still, it's still impressive. I mean, he's still top 10 in Europe in goals. His Champions League um, campaign hasn't been that great, but I mean, yeah, like, look, they went 2-0 down at home to Atletico, who I think in their last, like, over 100 games, once had allowed maybe two uh, more than two goals. So they, I mean, Atletico's tide is unbelievable. I think there's a t- statistic a few weeks back where Oblak had as many goals allowed as he had clean sheets since he started at Atletico. So to go in with a defensive juggernaut and for Ronaldo to come out and have a hat-trick um, yeah just just unbelievable I mean I I've always been more of a messy guy I think Messi's much more naturally talented and but that being said Ronaldo is a machine and he is um yeah a spectacle to watch I think it's it's one of those things that when he's when he, when these guys are gone like the the Messies the the LeBrons the um the the Ronaldos, uh, I think the world of sports will definitely miss these guys because these guys don't come around very often at all. I mean, we may see, be seeing the best two players of all time uh, playing against each other, is, uh, which is great. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, full credit to, to uh, Juventus. I think they have a, they have a tough matchup coming ahead with uh, Ajax, but I think again, it should be very exciting. And then last but not least, and to me, the best game of the champions league because of the obvious bias was the uh, Liverpool Byron game. So, Great result for Liverpool. One of those special European nights to uh, go into a, Muni- to a team in Munich. Uh, so Bayern the previous weekend had just won six 0 uh, in their German league. They were they were on top, top spot over Dortmund. Dortmund had a ten point lead at Christmas time um, over Bayern, and I think everybody thought you know Bayern's done time for them to start thinking about the the league and Champions League and the uh, League Cup and and whatnot. And no, they're they're right back in it and. Yeah, I mean, for, to go into Munich and get a 3-1 win and a convincing win uh, is just extremely impressive. Uh, that first goal, the Van Dyke's pass was amazing. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good of a passer he is, especially a long ball passer. He's had a few assists, I think, this season on, on long balls, and he's been, yeah, really, really amazing. And then, of course, Mane, the I mean, the, the one touch one touch into the turn and then the chip with four guys around him, just wow, Super, super special, and I mean, I think Mane this year has proven that he uh, he's probably been Liverpool's best player besides Van Dyke. His finishing has been sublime. Uh, he's produced in big games. Um, yeah, he's he's just been so impressive, and I think he hasn't gotten enough credit for for how well he's did. And yes, of course, there are some times when he makes bad decisions and he, and he can't finish. But at the same time, like he he's had some outstanding performances, and even today. So they just barely got by Fulham uh, and Mane again. Eleven goals in eleven games. Uh, that's he's he's been their guy. He's been their. Squad and then the second goal I mean Van Dijk proves again this year he is uh, he is the best center back in the world this year I don't think it's a contest I don't know who else you put up there I mean maybe you could put Cellini maybe you could put Godin but like they're even Thiago Silva and PSG but they're not producing at the level that um, Van Dijk is I mean I think there's a very good shot he wins Premier League Player of the Year uh, if he even maintains his pace I think as long as they're competing I mean if they win I think he's a shoe-in no matter what but even if they're second I think he still could get um, a lot of votes because he's just been amazing. I mean, the last person to win uh, Premier League Player of the Year was John Terry in 2004. So it's been a very long time for defenders. And I think, uh, yeah, he's just been so impressive. I mean, just as a, an example, I can give some statistics where, um, his production against Bayern, uh, he had a hundred percent aerial duels, one, he had a hundred percent shot accuracy, which I mean, is misleading considering I think he had one shot, a hundred percent tackles one, he had five clearances, three interceptions, one assist and one goal. Um, and then, yeah, so, so amazing. And then the last one, of course, Osala so getting the, uh, getting the Passover to Mane uh, and finished and I think that the Salah conversation is an interesting one too because I think a lot of people especially today I mean I was hearing especially because he didn't produce against Fulham had a chance to sort of put the game away in the 85th minute and and didn't finish and he had to save and I mean it's 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 hard because the, the guy's still been sensational I mean he's still been a part of most all like the most amount of Liverpool goals out of any other player um, he still leads the league and team team and Champions League goals and has scored on assist or assisted on 28 Liverpool goals in all competitions compared to Mane, who has 21, and he's second. And yeah, I think the, the biggest knock against him this year, of course, has been um, the production in big games. It hasn't been the production overall because he started out very hot. He still He still produced. He still had very good games. Um, but against the big teams, I mean, the top six, he I don't think he has a goal this season. He hasn't produced very well in the big games in Europe. Um, people thought Bayern was going to be his coming out. And, I mean, again, no, and he had a couple chances, didn't finish um, today as well, didn't finish. I, it, it feels like it's it's coming. It has to be. I think it, for them to win the league and, and compete in the Champions League, he has to score. They are getting the production from Mane, which is great. And Firmino, of course, has been has been just as good as he always is. Uh, but if Sal is not going on all cylinders and not producing in the big games, then... I think this team is, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, but I, it, again, doesn't mean he's having a, a bad year. I think it's just a comparison because the expectation with him was so high with what he did last year. I mean, he really came out of nowhere um, to to win all three major awards in England. Uh, extremely impressive, um, and I think everybody had that expectation that he could continue. And I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, unless you're Messi and Ronaldo, like nobody else has been able to compete at such a high level and produce for such a long time. Um, So, I mean, he's still doing well. I think he'll still, he'll still get 25, 30 goals in all competitions, maybe even 40 potentially if he's a good uh, last quarter of the season. Uh, But yeah he I think he'll be fine. I, I. personally believe that he's gonna. He's gonna bust out of the sum quite soon. It's just a hopeful when. <laughs> That's the big question. So, I'm gonna do yeah a little a little look ahead to the to ties coming up. So the Champions League draw as well happened over the week uh, and it's some pretty good matchups. I think the first one so Liverpool I think had the best draw as imaginable. Um, they got Porto. Uh, which, I mean, they are the worst team left out of everybody, just uh, from, a, I think, from an opinion standpoint. And most people, I think, would agree with that. And, I mean, they they are a feisty team. Like, they did beat Roma, I think, which is extremely impressive considering Roma got to the semifinals of the Champions League last year. Um, but I, I don't see them being that much of a hassle, uh, and I think Liverpool should uh, get through. So next one, uh, Tottenham City. I think this is going to be really, really good. I think... Um, considering the teams play each other three times in 10 days in April. Um, and my hope is, I mean, Tottenham's fallen, fallen off a little bit in the last few weeks. They had a really bad loss to Southampton last week. Um, I just, I am praying as a Liverpool fan that Tottenham somehow, if they could win two of those games, I think would be amazing. Even one of them, I think even the league game, um, or if they could, yeah, I mean, if they win one Champions League game and then blown out in the other, obviously it's pretty useless, but they could win that league game or take away points from City. I mean, as a Liverpool fan, that's that's what you're really hoping for. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I think, I mean, I think City gets through on like a sort of barely one to two goal difference kind of thing, but again, it will be English teams going at each other is always sort of exciting. The next one, so Barca United, the two big big powerhouse teams, the big matchup. I think of the whole, of the uh, whole quarterfinal left. Um, I think it's going to be a blast. I mean, Barcelona has been cruising all year. They still are in the running for the treble. They're probably going to win the league. Their league cup. They're probably going to win their league and Champions League. I mean, they they looked really good against Lyon, especially towards the end of that game. Messi two goals, two assists. Uh, so impressive again Um, and I don't see how United can stop them Um, I personally hope United can get through because I mean I think Liverpool has an easier path to go through United than Barca that being said I think a semi-final draw Liverpool and uh, Barcelona versus a a sort of Juventus uh, Manchester City would be astounding and uh, exceptional football Um, so yeah I think we'll see I think my prediction for that is sort of Barcelona gets through after sort of a brief scare on sort of a one to two goal uh, aggregate and then the last tie, which uh, I actually think could be the most exciting tie from a back-and-forth perspective, is uh, Ajax-Juventus. Um, so Juve have the experience. They have the big guy in Ronaldo. They they have the team behind them. Um, but Ajax is, oh, man, they, this year just feels so different. I mean, they have the young guys who have just been so feisty. Um, They never stop working. They never stop going after the ball. All of their matches this season in the Champions League have been so up and down, so back and forth. Um, They've really, really been extremely exciting. So... I, I personally I, I mean I think there could be an upset. I, I'm picking Ajax actually to, to get over Juventus. I think it could be amazing and and the city in Amsterdam would be <laughs> would be a madhouse if that actually happened. So all in all, I mean the Champions League season so far has been really exciting. Um, and I think the quarterfinals are gonna be uh, be awesome just as much as well. So now I'll I'll switch to sports a little bit and uh, head over to the NFL. I know it feels like I, I should stop talking about it and and for weeks and over the last couple of months um, on the podcast, it feels like I, I want to get away from it. But I think this is one of those weeks that, I mean, I just, you just, I, I have to talk about it, uh, especially this last two weeks. They've been, it's been crazy um, with the amount of player movement going on and the big stars who have left and gone to different teams. So I'll just sort of start and talk touch on like the, the big ones that I've noticed. So the Jets, for example, so the big one that they got was Le'Veon Bell. He went over for I think it was, what, 50 million over four, 52 million over four years with 30 million guaranteed, which actually is worse than what he would have gotten if he had gone to Pittsburgh or if he had signed with somebody uh, or if he had gotten traded and signed with somebody else last year. But I digress, that's that's his prerogative. He he probably realizes that and is very aware of that, but uh, that was his choice to make. Uh, and then they also got, I mean, they also picked up because they had the money this year, so they got C.J. Mosley, uh, which I think is a huge blow to Baltimore. Um, I I have my own reservations about Baltimore's offseason. I think they've not done a very good job. It's is Ozzie Newsom's first year where he hasn't been there. He's retired, so it's new management coming in. Uh, Eric DaCosta, I think his name is. And, uh, I mean... The, until you see the product on the field of course this is all it, all it all doesn't mean anything um but uh but we'll sort of see how it goes i mean that being said i think the big question does revolve at the end of the day around bell i mean he's the guy that it'll be interesting to see can he get his form with what he was uh, right before his layoff because i mean he was the best running back in the nfl from a pass passing and ca- um uh, running perspective. I mean, he he really did everything. and was the three-down back and and was, I mean, the premier fantasy player as well. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to see. Uh, the line, I think, will be very key for the Jets if they want to be successful. Uh, but again, until the game starts, it's really, really hard to say. One of the next ones I want to talk about is... Uh, my guy, Big Dick Nick. Uh, so Nick Foles is off to Jacksonville. The Eagles had cut him because they went with Wentz instead. Uh, and yeah, of course, but I mean, it made sense for Jacksonville to take a flyer on him because Bortles was never ever going to take them anywhere. The fact that they even got to the AFC Championship game a few years ago is insane. In it's all right. I think if they did have Nick Foles, I mean, who knows? They probably would have beaten the Pats at that time anyway. So, I mean, I think it's it's fun. I think for for Foles, it'll be very interesting to to watch him play and and see if he can uh, if he can with a different team if he still has that magic that he gave the uh, eagles so yeah, i think that will be uh, another another one to watch now on to i think the the biggest teams so the two obviously the the biggest splashes moves were the raiders and brown so i'll start with the raiders so they got antonio brown the the premier wide receiver uh for third and fifth which i mean for i guess for his for for his age is is not a bad offer for for oakland considering like they they still retained most of their first round picks also the browns gave up a first rounder for uh, obj and also the cowboys gave up a first rounder for cooper so getting that for ab i mean is really not that bad and then obviously they're paying him but they're just moving to vegas i mean their owners are definitely not hurting and don't need the money so i think they're happy they also i think which was a a very underrated move for the Raiders was they signed a, a left tackle, Trent Brown, uh, to make him the highest paid left tackle ever. I think it was four years, 66, I, I, if I can believe, with, like, I think a bunch of guarantees. Um, and again, that's that's obviously a huge move for them to protect Carr. Uh, I think at the end of the day as well, this, this is Carr... This is all... All of the season will depend on Carr and Gruden because their asses are on the line. Uh, they've... I think management, uh, I guess Gruden included, has... Um, given them all the pieces and tools that they need to be successful and now it's really up to Derek Carr to go out and actually do it because Oakland also I mean so the draft is coming up uh, in about six weeks from now Oakland has four four, four picks in the fir- out of the first 35 in the draft with three first rounders um, so it's all up to really up to Gruden if, can, he, can he pick the guys and draft talent because if he does and he does hit on even one or two of them I mean this is a very quick turnaround for a team that was the laughing stock of the NFL a year ago um, I think the, the Cooper trade might end up being great I mean, it's hard to obviously judge until the first round pick comes and you can have a few years of, of seeing if it was worth it. But I think the Khalil Mack one will definitely hurt um that being said, I don't think he really cares. Uh, also, I think a side note was uh, Hard Knocks. So Hard Knocks every year that happens, HBO show. Um, one of the teams this year that they uh, that the NFL is forcing uh, that could be uh, one of the teams that they follow is actually the Raiders. And I mean, that would be just amazing television to see all of those personalities in the same room uh, and yeah, see what the behind the scenes are like. So yeah, I think the Oakland Raiders, I mean, they have a good shot there now. I guess definitely a playoff contender. Uh, so we'll see where Carr can take them. And then the last one, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, wow, I, I I can't. I think I'm like every other NFL fan in the sense. that I can't believe that they went from a team where they were, I mean, the laughingstock of the league, basically for thirty or forty years, uh, to now being, I think, the a premier frontrunner uh, in the AFC. I think, I mean, they're they're clearly the favorite in the North, and I think they're one of the definitely the favorites uh, in actually the whole conference, potentially the whole league. So. Damn, they swung for the fences. They got they got OBJ uh, for first rounder, third rounder, and Jabril Peppers, which I mean they they of course took the risk. Uh, they have a, a great uh, already all-pro receiver in Jarvis Landry, who's just a, a fiend with receptions. His hands are so, so good. Uh, they have an amazing rookie quarterback who looked really like the real deal last year and also definitely gave Saquon a run for the Rookie of the Year. And actually, I mean, I think if they made the playoffs, you could argue that he should have been a Rookie of the Year. So he was fantastic. And then the backfield that really is, is from a talent perspective, rivals anybody in the NFL. I mean, they had Nick Chubb, who was a great running back out of Georgia that performed very well, especially towards the latter half of the season. And then, of course, Kareem Hunt, who, as you have as You probably know on uh, previously. I'm not, not the biggest fan of the NFL and, and Hunt, but uh, as a side note, I mean, he, he got his eight game suspension. That being said, from a talent perspective, he's going to come in, he's be ready. After eight games, and he's definitely going to make an impact because I think Dorsey, the guy who drafted him, who used to be at KC and is now currently the Browns' manager, knows that he's a he's a really talented guy. So, I mean, I think that yeah, offensively they've they've completely shifted their team. And I, I also, that being said, is I think another underrated thing that Michael uh, – go. Michael, unnoticed by some fans, uh, that the Browns did was they really changed their offensive line. I mean, sorry, their defensive line. Um, so they already had Miles Garrett, who was a first first overall pick from a few years ago, who's who was amazing last year, uh, really a premier defensive lineman, uh, especially defensive end. Uh, and then they added two former Pro Bowlers. So Sheldon Richardson he used to be on the Jets for a while. Was on Minnesota last year, and Olivier Vernon, and both of them are former Pro Bowlers. Who I. Uh, who have been, who have, I mean, who have excelled previously. So I think that, that line definitely makes them, uh, a li- definitely a little bit more interesting uh, defensively. I think again, all the credit here to me goes to John Dorsey, the the GM, because he's basically making this team into another another version of the Chiefs with some a few guys on defense. You know, like Justin Houston and D Ford and and Eric Berry, and now you have like the Miles Garrett. Um, I think they just recently signed a corner as well. I can't remember his name. Um, and then offensively, I mean, they have playmakers at every position, which is exactly what the Chiefs do. And wow that offense is going to be scary if uh, if Baker can get the ball to I, I mean I think both of them can go Jarvis and ODB can go for uh, over a thousand yards and a few like definitely over six or seven touchdowns each uh, potentially so they can they're be really really scary I think next year and then conversely I think the last one I wanted to touch on was the Ravens I mentioned it previously I it's frustrating offseason, I think, um, because, the, I mean, they, they let go of a lot of guys, right? Suggs is gone, which was uh, really upsetting considering he, he played for the team for 15, 15 plus years, but... Um. And, yeah, gone to Arizona. Uh, C.J. Mosley, their guy, I thought he was going to be and he's one of the premier linebackers in the entire NFL. And, I, I mean, I don't know why they didn't pay him. Uh, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to find out. Um, more information, and maybe some will come out later. They lost Eric Weddle. He's gone as well as a Darius Smith, who was a great linebacker in the middle. Uh, and, I mean, the only two they've really signed are, like, Mark Ingram and Earl Thomas, who, yeah, two years ago were great players. And even previously, yeah, of course, they were, they were really nice. But, like, I... I don't trust them. Like, I mean, Earl Thomas just came off a huge injury. Um, I, do you trust him to be the safety he was previously? I definitely don't. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it really comes down to Jackson's growth uh, and how much can he change? Can he be a pocket passer for what he was with last year? Uh, and can he get this team? Because, I mean, like, again, this team is going to be a running team the entire season, uh, but they need to get some talent. They don't have wide receiver talent to to threaten teams at all in the air, uh, and they really need to change that. So, yeah I think this year is a it's a tough rebuilding year for the for the ravens uh but th- that being said it's it's really Cleveland's year this is uh, Cleveland couldn't shock a lot of teams and and yeah I, it's it's kind of unfortunate because uh i I talked about the nFL so long and I tried to tell myself that I wasn't gonna do it but this was just one of those weeks that you know you can't. This can't go unnoticed because so much happened. A lot of players change hands. I mean, I, I'm not even touching other moves like Tyron Matthew went to KC, for example. Uh, Collins went to Washington. I mean, there's a bunch of different ones that always happen around this time. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I won't be, I won't be talking about it much more. But it just again shows you reason why the NFL is still still part of the conversation. I think um, from a sports perspective, especially in North America. So now I'm going to move on and touch on a few other things. Uh, one big one is college basketball. So conference tournaments just finished this weekend. Duke had a big game against UNC on uh, Friday night, uh, which they won, which was uh, so amazing. Uh, really went down to the wire. Uh, both teams, either team could have won, to be honest. Um, yeah, really, really exciting. And then obviously they beat, uh, Vir- uh, who, who? oh no, Virginia lost, somebody else. Upset Virginia, I can't even remember. But they, they anyway, they won the ACC tournament, which I think means they'll probably get a number one seed. Uh, so the tournament starts on Thursday. So today's selection Sunday, uh, and I personally think, I mean, there could really be anyone's year. I think everybody's obviously picking Duke as a favorite, uh, but to me, it more depends on Zion's health. I think if he stays healthy uh, and he's continuing to, to produce at the the way he has so far and the way he has this weekend, then I think they win for sure. Uh, but again, he had his injury, and like anything can happen. If he does get injured. I do not think they win, actually. I think uh, Barrett, I mean, RJ Barrett has been solid. I mean, he so he set a record for most points for a rookie at Duke. Uh, but if they want to win, they need Zion. I think the other guy that—I uh, think his name will come up a lot more in the next few uh, months, especially before the NBA draft, and, and I'm not sure if people have heard of this guy before, but uh, a guy named John ja Morant uh, from Murray State. Uh, and if I think—I'm not sure exactly if his team will get into the tournament. I know they, they didn't do, perform as well, uh, but I think they they should. And if they do, I think he he's one interesting guy to watch. He's basically a 6'5 point guard who can jump out of the gym. Great defender, very long, and can finish with any hand. He's also a good shooter and can handle the ball and play pick and roll. Um, So I think he's actually supposed to be a top five, possibly top three pick this year. Um, So, yeah, he'll be a player to watch to see if – because, I mean, that's that's the fun thing with the tournament, right, is that you get to watch these games and – Somebody who you didn't expect out of nowhere comes on the field and just shocks you. I mean, Steph Curry did that for years. Uh, Carmelo Anthony with Syracuse was a guy. Dwayne Wade even that year. Marquette took took them to the Final Four. I mean, there's so many. Butler, Gordon Hayward, what he did as well. Um, So I think this year it's hard to know. I I personally don't. I, I haven't been following college basketball that um, intensely over the last few weeks. So it's hard to know if there's like a, a, a star that could come out of nowhere. But then again, that's that's what these tournaments are for. That's what these games are for, is under the big lights and the pressure, who produces and uh, who comes up with the game. So I think, again, all I'm hoping for is some upsets and good games. And hopefully this year it doesn't disappoint. So last one, sort of touch on the NBA. Um, and I mean, there's not really much to report. It's, it's always the weird in between of the end of the All-Star break and the playoffs because everybody sort of knows. I think at this point as well this year, I mean, everybody kind of knows where they're going to be. Uh, of course, in the standings, there's still some spots up for grabs. I mean, like the top spot in the West, uh, Denver's looking really good. I think the Warriors will probably win it. But again, Denver's keeping close right there. I think Milwaukee's probably won the East. Toronto's three games back. It's hard to see that they make up that and the remaining time, especially when they're they're going to be resting Lowry and Kawhi uh, down the stretch to, to get them healthy for the playoffs. I think personally, I think as long as they end up with a better record than Golden State to ensure that if they do play them in the final, they get home court. I think that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, again, we'll see. And then, uh, yeah, the other the other teams. I mean, like the top of the East, Indiana is one that's kind of interesting, just because I personally hope that they maintain their three or four seed, so it knocks out uh, one of the Sixers or uh, Celtics possibly. But, I mean, it's likely that they're probably going to go down to fifth uh, if Boston can get their stuff to get, get everything together. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, that's really the only thing to comment on the NBA at this point. I mean, some of the games were good this week. Um, Golden State had a big win against OKC and, and uh, uh, Houston, uh, and that was big, especially without Durant. But, again, it's really just uh, waiting until the end of the year. And the last sort of side note that uh, a story that came out not this past week, but the week before that I really wanted to talk about uh, that I didn't have a chance to last week because I uh, didn't have an episode was sort of the the report that came out about Magic Johnson. So it was it was found out it was reported that the Lakers staff and uh, managers and scouts had uh, prior to the last offseason really wanted to retain Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle and that Magic Johnson was the guy who said he didn't want to keep them and he wanted to get everybody else. And this was, I, I think, kind of interesting because it, it really showed to me that I, I think Magic might be an incompetent GM. I mean, just from the sense of, like, I remember watching him. So he was on inside uh, on uh, ESPN, the NBA, for a long time as a commentator and as an uh, analyst, uh, in-house analyst. Uh, and everything he said was always the sort of generic, you know, um, this team is good and, and they win by working hard. And, like, I mean, it was never good, different analysis that uh, other people couldn't come up with. And I was I always thought it was interesting to see how he was going to do the Lakers. Of course, you do have to give him credit because he did get LeBron, which obviously at the end of the day is the biggest deal, and that's the most important thing in basketball, especially at, at his stage. But, like, everybody else, like, it really just doesn't make any sense. I mean, ob- just objectively, for any basketball fan who knows or who's watched basketball for a few years, would you rather have irre- – relevant of this year, because this year I think Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle have clearly shown that they've been premier players that the Lakers have missed out on. But just even previous to this year, if you had Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle versus JaVale McGee, KCP, Rondo Stevenson, and Michael Beasley, and Magic picked the second one, and I it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> – um. So I. I mean. I hope the Lakers are, are okay because they're they're really all in on this AD and Anthony Davis trade. Because if it doesn't happen, and the Pelicans just won't trade in, then like they they are in an, in for a rough year or two potentially, and and may have completely wasted LeBron's years. Um, because that's really all they have right now. I mean. If, if At the end of the day, if they end up with just Jimmy Butler and the rest of the cast, you think they're really going to challenge for anything? Of course not. They're not, they're not going to touch the OKC's, Houston's, Golden State's. No way. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it'll be, he'll have a very interesting offseason, I think the Lakers do, with what happens with them and where they go, because he's shown that he's just not uh, yeah, not a very good GM right now. I don't think the moves he's made have been particularly popular. So yeah, another one to watch for, for the offseason. And then sort of last mention that I I really wanted to talk about just because it sort of happened personally that uh, I've never really been a fan of this before because I never really got into it, didn't know the, the backstory, but F1. So F1 was back this weekend. The season started. The first race was in Melbourne. Um... Lewis Hamilton was second, um, his his teammate Valtteri Bottas won, uh, and then Max Verstappen from Red Bull was the uh, third player, uh, third-placed um, person. I mean, I think uh, Bottas ended up with, I think, a 20-second lead over Hamilton. So, like, really just it crushed everybody else. Uh, but it was really interesting because, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is j- honestly because of a show. So it was a Netflix show that was recently premiered, I'm sure some people have seen it, if you've checked into Netflix at all over the last few weeks, called F1 Drive to Survive. And it was basically a documentary on the 2018 F1 season, but not from the top, not from the Mercedes or Ferrari guys, but from the middle. So Hasa, Renault, Red Bull, um, Force India, uh, all the teams sort of in the middle competing with each other uh, to, to get the points and, 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 and get some money. And I mean, it was fascinating because, just I mean, the the cars are crazy, the atmospheres are crazy, the locations, the the races, like s- the night race in Singapore and the yachts in Monaco and uh, the in. And in in Belgium with all the rain and, and yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating because as a sport, I think it's really cool. I mean, obviously you get these guys going, I think the max speed I looked up was 360 kilometers an hour, uh, which is just insane to imagine, uh, them going that fast. Um, and, yeah, it was also just the way the show was done was basically created into a soap opera. I mean, there there's so much drama between the teams. There's so much back and forth. They All the press conferences, they have to sit together and talk at each other about competition. Uh, there was some big, I mean, I don't want to ruin the show if you haven't seen it. One, again, highly recommend. But, uh, yeah, there was just a lot of turnover and a lot of drivers changing. So um, I think it's, yeah, there a guy called uh, Leclerc, uh, I can't remember his first name, actually, Uh, but he's, he's the wild card I think this year because he, so he got into Ferrari signed him. They let go of, uh, of Rosberg, I think. Um, I have to double check that to be honest, but, uh, yeah, he, he's really interesting because now he has the, the backing and the money of a Ferrari car. Um, and everybody sort of said he's an up and coming driver that could really surprise people. Um, so all in all, I think one definitely give that F1 show a watch, uh, would definitely recommend, um, just paying attention and seeing and then two yeah see maybe maybe f1 uh, could be a thing i think I'd, i definitely want to get out to an event sometime soon so we'll uh yeah see if that can happen this year so that sort of brings me to the end of uh, everything. I just wanted to end off with, again, WWW segment. Uh, and two things sort of on the list that I came up this week that I thought were really interesting. One was sort of from an entertainment perspective, uh, which was maybe like, uh, basically a baby race uh, that happened at one of the ACC tournaments. Uh, and I just think it's just funny because you basically watch these kids crawl cleaning the floor in a way, uh, at a college basketball game, and, uh, yeah, just, just really, uh, always find those, those baby videos a little, a little funny, and then the last one, um, which I think a lot of people hear more about, especially over the next few weeks, uh, was the story of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, um, so there's two documentaries that came out, one's coming out, HBO's releasing their documentary tomorrow, and, uh, Nightline from ABC recently had theirs on over Friday, um, and it's, I mean, a fascinating story. So for those of you who don't know, basically this girl, Elizabeth Holmes, who's, who's I would say, pretty much a sociopath, uh, built this a company uh, from nothing to a $10 billion valuation. Her own personal wealth was put at $5.4 billion. And it went all the way down to zero through falsifying data, at horrible, terrible corporate culture. Um, and just basically continuously lying to investors and faking all of the information that they had. Um, I So I, the, there's a, every, all of this stuff is based on a book that was written from a Wall Street Journal investigative reporter named John U The book is called Bad Blood. Uh, and, I mean, the, the the story is amazing. So there's also a movie coming out this year later on um, with uh, Adam McKay, who's writing, directing it. He's the guy who did the big short, Vice. Also, previous, in a previous life, he did uh, Anchorman as well. Uh, so really funny guy, very, very talented, and really good movies that he produces. And Jennifer Lawrence is actually going to be Elizabeth Holmes. So, I mean, the movie, I think, will be very entertaining, but also the, the documentaries that come out are... Are definitely going to be interesting, and I think for anyone, just in business and in life in general, when dealing with people and different companies, I think it's a great lesson because it, you realize like you have to always double check your product and what you're doing, um, and always come to your own conclusions, do not trust everybody's opinion all the time, um, and also at the end of the day, like the, the way to be successful in life is corporate culture and the people around you because you're only successful and go will go as far. As who you have around you. And I think it's important to cultivate those relationships uh, and maintain that because if you have a culture in which people are scared and they don't want to take risks and take chances and are afraid to really speak their mind, then you're never going to really advance because you need ideas uh, and people around you that uh, have different points of view in order to be successful. So I'll uh, I'll put the trailer up for that and definitely would recommend uh, watching that this week. So again, that's uh, sort of a lot this week, guys. Sorry I had to sort of rush through everything. might have felt a little bit rushed but uh it was just because there was so much i didn't really want to talk about this week anyway thank you for tuning in enjoy it's time for the fact check with your host Nish kaushal hey guys uh just checking in before you guys leave after listening to that, I realize I, I speak far too quickly, uh, and that is something that I definitely have to work on. So i got to remember to tell myself to breathe uh-huh, in between talking, because otherwise it's going way too quickly. Okay, so a few things uh, I, wa- I I'd sort of missed um, I want to speak about before you guys left. Uh, the first one is, so I mentioned Tadic uh, was played at Southampton. He actually played there for five years, uh, from 2014 up until this year. Um, next was Chelsea. So I, I mentioned Chelsea if they won. they were with Everybody was within a few points of each other, and they actually lost to Everton today on the road. Um, so now the difference between them and Tottenham, who's in third, is four points. So four teams are divided by four points for two spots to get into the Champions League. So these last eight games are going to be awesome, <laughs> and upsets are going to be huge, and points dropped, and ties against shitty teams are inevitably going to happen. And it just makes it all the more exciting. Next was, so I talked about Atletico Madrid's defensive record uh, prior to the Juventus game. And I double-checked it. Basically, so in their prior 100 games before they played Real Madrid, they had only conceded two-plus goals 16 times. So their defensive record was really quite good. And uh, the fact that Ronaldo got through to them and uh, Juventus came through was, uh, yeah, very, very impressive. Next one, so we talked about Le'Veon Bell's contract, so he ended up getting, actually with the Jets, uh, $52.5 million over four years, with $35 million of that uh, fully guaranteed. Now, the offer that was apparently reported last summer, uh, in July before the season, was that they gave him five years for $70 million, with $30 million guaranteed at least in his first two years, and I'm assuming more. So... I mean, he probably screwed himself out of the money uh, long-term. That being said, I think if uh, if they were going to franchise Tagum and didn't want to re-sign him, I think it was pretty clear that he probably did this to protect his future because any one injury could have cost him uh, even more money, With which is kind of what happened with Isaiah Thomas to some extent. So... I think he probably learned from that. And also, I think it, it sort of shows that he, he probably did want to play not play for Pittsburgh, I think. Probably had tussles with uh, management and Tomlin, just like I think Antonio Brown did. They, they both have a lot of ego, and I think uh, that was probably the downfall of uh, the killer bees, as they used to call them. So, good riddance to Pittsburgh. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how, uh, how those guys do in uh, New York and Oakland. So next sort of leads me to the next point, which is Trent Brown. So he's a left tackle I spoke about actually from the Patriots. Um, So his contract was four years for $66 million with $36 million in guarantee. So it's kind of crazy considering like you have a left tackle getting paid more than an all-pro running back. Um, It just shows you the way the market's going, that uh, they're just not valued anymore. Uh, Next, uh, let's talk about Jarvis Landry. So I unfortunately mentioned that he was an all-pro receiver um, and Odell has been, but uh, Jarvis Landry has unfortunately not been all-pro receiver. That being said, he still is an unbelievable receiver who's been a four-time pro bowler and was the NFL receptions leader uh, in 2017. So still a great talent, of course, Uh, just yeah, wasn't an all-pro guy. Another couple things, so Florida State was the the, uh, team that actually upset Virginia in the ACC tournament, Uh, so they make the final, but then obviously they lost to Duke yesterday. Uh, And then lastly, the F1 thing, so uh, Charles Leclerc is is the guy who drives for Ferrari now, uh, who placed fifth today in the race in Australia. And then the one who got Ferrari let go was uh, Kimi Raikkonen, actually. Um, So that sort of ends the portion of the fact check. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed today if you got all the way to the end Um, I will not unfortunately be putting up an episode next week as uh, I'll be traveling but I should be back with another one uh, the following week so I hope you guys have a good week and always stay curious